The Chargers picked up a critical win Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals, but was it convincing enough to give us faith that they can actually make a playoff run? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogelmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for six seasons together. But this is our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And David, as always, it's Tuesday. We're getting into our buy or sell with the biggest Charger storylines and overreactions potentially. And I think it starts with the playoffs. And if we have any more faith after I know maybe somewhat of an unconvincing win, I would say, against the Cardinals. And I think another thing that really is kind of in the way is a tougher game than people think coming up this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. But we'll also talk about if Austin Eckler is now a legitimate top five running back in the NFL and the Chargers need to maybe showcase a little bit more of that running game in their offense. And if Michael Davis has kind of been a sneaky, sneaky good corner for the Chargers since having to take over for J.C. Jackson or just in 2022 in general. But it starts, David, with the playoffs because that's what this is about, right? Just getting to the dance, giving Justin Herbert a chance in his first playoff run to see if the Chargers can get a little healthier and make something happen. But the buy or sell is this. The win against the Cardinals on Sunday gives you more faith that the Chargers will go and make a playoff run this year. Yeah, unfortunately, it it didn't give me very much faith. Uh, And the reason why, so I'm going to say that I am selling it. I I am definitely not convinced after this win because, once again, you go down double-digit points to start this game. You give up a ton, and I mean a ton of yards on the ground against a rushing offense that was one of the worst in the NFL, which, you know, play that broken record one more time. I mean, what? who else, right? The, the Chargers make every single rushing offense look like they're rushing with Barry Sanders. It just it, yeah. it doesn't make sense. And the Cardinals are a team you should beat, Daniel. This yeah. is and it shouldn't have even been this close the chargers should have came out with a convincing win in this one and this one was far from convincing now there were elements of it that you like elements of it that are going to be very important for the chargers if they are going to continue on this trajectory like that comeback win by justin herbert that right there is one thing i think you can cling on to that that is that experience once you get in those situations you know that you can execute and you can get the win and I think that is at least the silver lining yeah and I mean Justin Herbert's done that a bunch of times in his career now just people forget because you know what have you done for me lately in the last couple of times exact yeah more than that now uh but yeah either way the biggest thing is looking at the playoff picture as a whole right because I mean we've talked about before what the Chargers need to do and I've said consistently this whole time you have to probably win one of the games against the Titans and the Dolphins that you have down the stretch. Yep. The Chargers needed to go 5-2 and two down the stretch to get to 10 wins, which is their best chance at the playoffs after they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers, going at 5-5. Five and five. We knew you probably have to go 5-2, and two, which means you have to beat the bad teams like we talked about. But I never felt like they were going to beat all the bad teams, right? I yeah. feel like they're going to slip up against either the Raiders or the Colts or the Broncos or the Rams. 
And then you'll need to win one of those, you know, games against a good team. And this is where the race is at to me. I'm going to put the Titans out of it because I think they're going to run away with the AFC South. I mean, I don't think that anybody's catching them there. Right. I also would say the Bills are out of reach. The Chiefs are out of reach. The Dolphins are probably out of reach. Right. As far as which teams are going to make the playoffs. So to me, it's basically between these five teams. It's the Chargers. It's the Patriots. It's the Jets. It's the Bengals. It's the Ravens. One of the Ravens or the Bengals is going to obviously win the AFC North. We know that, right? And they right. also have to play each other, so they're going to hurt each other a little yeah, bit. Some cannibalism will take place. But those teams have better records than the Chargers. The Ravens 7-4, Bengals 7-4, Jets 7-4. All those teams are one game better than the Chargers. The Patriots right now are 6-5. and five. With the way the yep. tiebreakers are playing out right now, the Chargers are in ninth place in the playoffs. These are the rest of the schedules, though, for these teams. So the Ravens have the Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers again, and the Bengals. That's pretty soft. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a pretty easy schedule, especially considering, you know, to the Jets. The Jets have a really good defense. They have a really good young team. They don't have a quarterback, but now at least they've benched their really bad quarterback, which actually makes them more competitive in these games. Yeah. yeah. They have the Vikings, the Bills, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. Yeah, that's tough. I don't know if – I mean, I mean, the Lions are a tough team. You know, like, yeah, that's probably they're, they're the easiest They're a scrappy game. team. Yeah, they're scrappy a scrappy team. team. Sure. Jaguars are a scrappy team, too. Yes. I mean, but I could see them coming back down to earth and losing three of those games, which for I the agree. Chargers, if you can go five and two, you catch them, right? Yep. The Patriots, they have the Bills, the Cardinals, the Raiders, but then they end it with the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Yeah, that's – They could go 0-3 during that stretch. stretch. Yeah. If they go 0-3 during that stretch, I mean, that would give the Chargers, if they go 5-2, the ability to beat them in a playoff race, right? So yes, if the Chargers can take care of their own business, right, which we're still trying to decide if we have faith in them doing that, yeah, they should have a route. Even though they'll need some help, they should have a path considering the schedules of these other teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very, very believable. And, you know, that that's the thing there. There's going to be some cannibalization that's going to take place right. with several of those teams that are vying for one of those two wild card spots. And so the Chargers absolutely have to beat the teams that they should beat. And they need to get lucky on one of those teams that they might not be able to beat, like the Tennessee Titans or the Miami Dolphins. I mean, yeah. those two games, if they can get one of those two games, it would be fantastic and it would really, really put them in a much better situation in their hunt to try yeah. to get into the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it gives them a really, really good chance. I mean, having the Ravens and Bengals had to play each other for sure. Yeah. The Patriots and the Jets do not have to play each other down the stretch, but they also both had to play the Dolphins, who have played really well. They both have to play the Bills and the Patriots have to play the Bills twice. That's yeah. not two games those are two games i would not want to see on the charger schedule at this point this is from daniel popper football outsiders gives the Chargers a 29.7 percent chance of making the playoffs the worst of the odds of the nine teams he has including the teams that are going to win the division the patriots have the second worst odds at 47.1 percent. so the chargers are the outlier right now they can get a win against the raiders get to seven and five they're going to be in a decent spot because at least if they lose the next two games they'll have a chance to win the last three down the stretch Put yeah. yourself at seven and seven and give yourself a good chance to, I think, eclipse at least probably maybe two of those teams, which is basically yeah. what you would have to do down the stretch. But let's get into this, David, because I do think this is a, an overlooked game coming up. So the next buy or sell is the game coming up against the Raiders is tougher than people think it is. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. And, and, and I understand, you know, if you don't, because you look at this matchup and you say, oh, well, there's no Hunter Renfro. There's no Darren Waller out there. But 
let's not forget who is out there for the Raiders. And, and that's Josh Jacobs, a guy who literally had over 300 all-purpose yards in his last contest. And oh yeah, they have another guy named Devontae Adams who is yeah. still tearing up the league. He has and cooked the Chargers in the first and cooked the too. Chargers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there was an admirable performance by Asante Samuel Jr. in that in that one to at least try to limit his effectiveness. But that's one of those guys that you're just not going to fully stop. Uh, but in this game, the Chargers really are going to have to bracket him and really try to take him away and really try to really try to, uh, uh, you know, really target and zone in on Josh Jacobs because, you know, I mean, Josh Jacobs is probably salivating at this matchup going at, against the Chargers, just horrendous run defense. So with this one. I'm buying it completely. I think this is a very, very tough matchup. The Raiders, obviously, looking at at their record, it doesn't look fantastic. But the last couple of weeks, I mean, they seems like they're starting to find elements of their team and their offense that are working. And that spells very much danger for this game for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, they're always close games. I look at the games last year, right? Look at the game this year. They won by five points when they had Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater and Corey Lindsley (laughs) and Mike Williams, right? Right. They won by five. Those guys aren't going to be out there where we know most of those guys might not be out there this weekend. They also put up 40 on the Seahawks last week. Not that the Seahawks have a crazy good defense, but the Chargers obviously thought so because they couldn't do anything. Josh Jacobs, 229 rushing yards last week. And six of the seven losses for the Raiders have been less than seven points. Yeah, They've been in every game. They've had huge leads in a lot of these games. Yep, It's going to be a tough one, and the Chargers must get it done because that is one of those teams that you're trying to pencil in getting to that 10-win mark you need to get done. So we're going to talk about coming up next, somebody that's going to help them do that. And that is Austin Eckler, who was quietly turned into one of the best running backs in the league. Is he top five now? Legitimately? It depends, I guess, who you ask. But we're going to get into that and also talk about if the Chargers need to find more balance offensively. Coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Turo, who are the largest car sharing marketplace in the business. And right now, guys, with Turo, they are changing the way that you get cars when you travel, when you go other places. Or just when you have a special event, if you just want a fancy car to go do something cool, Turo is the place to go. Because with Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip. Whatever you're looking for, even if you just want something to get you from point A to point B, you can get it at Turo.com. I mean, I was checking it out, I'm not going to lie. There's some Audis. There's a Tesla if you're trying to check out that new electric car, right? And want to see what that life's all about. I've saw a ton of great cars close to me at really, really good prices too. But many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. It's super convenient. And every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. Continuing this buy or sell here, David, there's a couple other things I want to get into, including one that you talked about before the show, you know, when we were trying to come up with what the buy or sells would be for today. And you're like, is Austin Eckler a top five running back? Which the running back conversation, especially with Austin Eckler, who got absolutely snubbed from the Pro Bowl last year, gets snubbed every time there's a top 10 running back list out there. It's honestly insane because I think if we were doing top 10, this would be easier. But you said oh, yeah. top five. So let's start with that. I mean, David, are you buying or selling that Austin Eckler right now is a top five running back in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at, at just purely looking at stats, I mean, he's not quite, you know, at least right now, currently in 2022, he's not, you know, top five stats wise. But if you bring in the touchdowns, rushing stats, wise, highlight. 
yeah, just rushing stats, right? If you're looking at the all-purpose yards, he's top 10 in the NFL. So Austin Eckler has always been just that that weapon, you know, that offensive, that pass catcher, that, you know, running back that's very, very efficient. And he's showing that again this year, 4.3 yards per carry on the ground. And, you know, he's just that outlet receiver. I mean, he's on on pace to catch over 125 passes <laughs> this season if his output continues. So, I mean, Austin Eckler, just as far as a football player, as far as a running back in this league, I don't think there are many other players that are more dangerous than Austin Eckler is. And that is evidenced by his 12 touchdowns, which is second in the NFL currently to Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions. Right. It was a backup to DeAndre Swift or always has been, you know, for which a big is crazy, which is weird. The Lions are a very good running team. I would not want to play the Lions. I'll tell you that right now. No. So I'm guessing you're selling it, right? I know you didn't exclusively have to sell it. Sell yeah, it. I yeah, have to sell it. Yeah. For sure. I don't I want mean, to sell it, but the, the numbers indicate that it's not, not quite there yet. Yeah, and I think it's archaic because I think, you know, a lot of people put way too much stock into the actual physical rushing yards, which I agree. Austin Eckler has less rushing yards than 25 other people in the league right now. So not top five in rushing yards, not even close. He also has less rushing yards than Josh Allen, than Jalen Hurts, than Justin Fields. (laughs) So, like, it's, it's, you know, rushing yards, he's never going to get those numbers. That's why it was so nice. He was so close to getting 1,000 last year. I was really hoping he could do it. But he also has 80 catches. The next yeah. closest running back is at 58, right? right? So, like, he's far and away the best receiving running back in football. He's probably no the best, you know, dual threat running back in football for my money. You know, there's guys like, you know, Christian McCaffrey out there. Christian McCaffrey is the guy at 58. But he's also thought of as a much better runner of the football than Austin Eckler is, I think, historically. And, I mean, he's earned that. He's been really good when he's yeah. healthy. Sure. But Austin Eckler's 4.3 average is better than Derrick Henry, better than Alvin Kamara better than Joe Mixon. He's 0.1 yards per carry behind Christian McCaffrey, behind someone like Saquon Barkley. So, like, he's right there as far as efficiency goes. The Chargers don't run it very much, right? Right. He does have a a 70-plus yard run. That is boosting, obviously, his stats a little bit, but that's what he can do. Touchdown-wise, he's the best scorer of the football in football. Since the start of 2021 now, 32 touchdowns he's had since last year. It's just video game like numbers. It's it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable the uh, f- for his just un just innate sense yeah. to score the football. It just it it just doesn't make sense. There's not many players that get into the end zone at that rate. He is no truly spectacular. Well, and the thing is, he does it year in year out. Look at Jonathan yeah, Taylor. Right, it's not easy to do it like that every single yeah. season. And Austin Eckler has just been asked to take up such a huge part of this offense for the Chargers. The dude deserves a ton of credit because the one thing he's doing a lot better than a lot of these guys do is staying on the football field. Yes. That man takes great care of his body. That man yes, puts the work in to stay on the field. And every year, the Chargers want to help him out and give him less touches. Well, <laughs> even though he doesn't have as many rushing attempts doesn't really matter, you know, when you have 80 catches and that's 80 more <laughs> hits that you're taking or whatever, you know, the yeah. case is. So it's it's insane the numbers that he's put up. It's truly video game numbers that he's had this year. He is yeah. the best fantasy football running back, period. Period. He's done it. He was the best last year. He's going to be the best again this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least in PPR settings, right, which almost everyone plays now. Sure. He's the best. He's at 32 touchdowns since the start of 2021. 20, Joe Mixon is next at 24. He's second place. There's an eight touchdown gap between Austin Eckler and everyone else in the entire NFL. That's insane. There are some guys, you know, a lot of people would say, yeah, Derrick Henry's better, longer track record. Guys like Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, 
right? There's a lot of good players out there. Austin Eckler is perfect for this team. I mean, there's very few of those dudes I would rather have on the Chargers because so much of it's offensive line anyways. If Austin Eckler had a good run-blocking offensive line, the numbers look totally different. And, and he's doing it behind the eight ball in a lot of sense. So, Well, his really ability impressive. to score the football is better than pretty much any, anyone we've seen the last well, five or six yeah. years. Like, I mean, he, he just the way he does it at the rate he does it is unbelievable. But should he be getting more carries? And that takes us to the next buy or sell here, which is the Chargers need more balance offensively, David. Are you buying or selling that? I'm buying it completely. I just think that the the Chargers, I mean, and yes, we are all understand that this is a Justin Herbert-led offense, and this is very much a passing team. It is, for sure. But when you get behind and when you're, when you're really trying to set up a balanced offense, the Chargers, it's just such a huge discrepancy. Like against Arizona, they threw it 35 times. They only ran it 13 times. In those situations, it's you're going to get into very predictable patterns to where they're going to be able to expect that you are going to be throwing the football. You have to be able to run it efficiently to at least be able to switch things up, to be able to play action off of that, to be able to really try to make them guess what is going to happen next. And for the Chargers, it just seems like they get into those stretches where it's very, very predictable what they are going to do. And I think that that's the reason why they need to bring better balance to this offense. I'm selling it. I'm selling okay. it. Okay. Yeah, 100%. All right. I say 100% all the time, but no, it, it's not. I mean, it's it, it's close to that. These are the three touchdown drives that the Chargers had in this last game. You ready for it? Yes. Seven passes, zero runs. Five passes, zero runs. Eight passes, three runs. Yeah. Two of those runs, one was a quarterback sneak by Justin Herbert. One was a 15-yard scramble. That's two designed runs in three touchdown drives. I think they've been forcing the run too much. And I think if you look at some of the other teams around the league, like, yes, you do have to run it, but you don't have to be able to run it well to get play action. Teams will still yeah. fall for play action, even if you're not super effective. And the Chargers have built up such a pedigree of running the ball on first down. You can trick people the rest of the season, making them think that you're going to. I think it's yeah. the opposite of that. I think it's much less predictable. It's much more predictable what you're going to do if you keep running it on first down and go to getting in second and eight. That's predictable yeah. to me. If yeah. you're throwing it for seven yards on first down and you're on second and three, that's much less predictable. You could go run or pass. Yeah. These are the teams that run the ball the least in the NFL. The Dolphins, 27th. They're sixth in scoring in the NFL. Kansas City is 23rd. They're first in scoring. Seattle, 23rd. They're fourth in scoring. Cincinnati is the 22nd most rushing attempts this year on average per game. They're fifth in scoring. You don't have to be able to run the ball to score points in this league. I think the Chargers have banged their head into the wall way too many times trying to be more balanced, trying to end up and you know getting the running game going to their detriment at certain times, right? And I do think it's not a coincidence to me that out of the three touchdown drives, you tried to run the ball twice and one of them was a quarterback sneak. I think they need to be throwing the ball more, putting the ball in Justin Herbert's hands more, letting him get easy completions on first down and setting themselves up less behind the sticks than handing it off and getting in second and twelve. It might not be a you know popular opinion, but I think I laid out exactly you know kind of why it doesn't always make sense to run the football more, and the best offenses in the league aren't running the football very much in general. So it makes a lot of sense, Dan. It makes a lot of sense. And the thing is, like I went into it thinking, yes, they absolutely need to run the ball more, and you know it keeps the the defensive line off you. It stops the pass rush a little bit more. There are absolutely benefits to it, but when you're a terrible running team like the Chargers are, I think sometimes they get too far trying to run the ball. And I think in this last game, you saw their most success. 
when they weren't trying to force the issue running the football. Anyways, though, there was one guy that did stand out to me in a very positive way in a very, you know, polarizing defensive performance last week. That wasn't Derwin James, who was obviously awesome. It was Michael Davis, who I think has kind of quietly been really, really good for the Chargers this season, which actually makes things worse for the Chargers for this upcoming offseason. So we're going to talk about that. And if this Chargers run defense is somehow not only worse than it was last year, but maybe one of the worst run defenses that we've ever seen, right? It's, it is as bad as we think it is. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But I do need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by Audible. Someone that knows a lot about running the football is running this new Audible show. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Block Forever now wherever you get your podcasts from. Block Forever is a brand new podcast by former All-Pro Ryan Khalil, the tackle, and Audible. He gives football fans an insider's look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes inside locker rooms, during team meetings, back at the hotel. You'll hear from guys like Christian McCaffrey talk about his love-hate relationship with fantasy football or Juju Smith-Schuster giving the hints about the opinions that other players have in the other positions around the league. New episodes of Block Forever will be recorded and released every week ahead of Thursday Night Football. So make sure you guys are checking that out free and available on Audible wherever you get your podcasts from. Catch the full Block Forever series available wherever you get your podcasts. Available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. Let's continue this hot buy or sell here, David. We're getting into a player that I think deserves some recognition. I think it's Michael Davis. And I, one of the things that he has obviously been dragged for over the years as he signed the big contract. And then the first year with Brandon Staley, who was the coach when they signed him to that extension, right? Or at least, you know, re-signed him. Yeah. Wasn't very good. It wasn't very good last year. He got the chance to start. And I mean, to the point where the Chargers went and spent as much money as they possibly could on JC Jackson to try to fix the problem, at least in part of Michael Davis last season. And I mean, really the entire cornerback group last year, I mean, had their ups and downs for sure. Yeah. But, David, this is the buy or sell today. The Chargers, <laughs> Michael Davis has been sneaky good, actually, so far this season. I'm buying it. I am buying it completely. And, and I think there's a couple of things that you can point to that show how well, well Michael Davis has really played this year. When In the beginning of the year, and I hate to bring this up because I don't want to slander players, but you look at the beginning of this year and you see J.C. Jackson out there, and he was repeatedly picked on over and over and over again it was ugly and and it even got to a point to where they benched jc jackson and put michael davis in and you saw the quality of the past defense immediately improve that was that broncos game right where like the broncos did absolutely nothing in the second half after yeah after they had been actually doing okay in the first half and got out exactly yeah yeah exactly and so michael davis and i think it's just another one of his patterns where he's learning the defense and then he goes out there and he executes i think last year it was him learning the defense him getting the homework assignments to be able to go out there and execute the defense the way it needed to be played and i think you're seeing him understand and be able to go out there and use his physical physical gifts and play fast He's not thinking out there. He knows where he needs to be, and he's allowing his rare speed and his length and his athleticism to go out there and really show who he is. You see him blitzing, which we haven't seen. We saw him get a sack 
When was the last time you <laughs> saw Michael Davis get a sack on a simulated pressure? That doesn't really happen very it often. It had never happened before the one he there got you go. in his last game. And, yeah, and, it, and it happened. Sack. And you saw him get the, the pass breakups. You see him being really sticky in coverage. Michael Davis got the second highest pro football focus grade out of this past game at a 72.2 just behind Derwin James. Michael Davis has definitely been sneaky good for the Chargers this season. Yes, how do you do the little, you know, what's that thing he does, the um, little alien Novato thing? I mean, yes. he's been super criticized throughout his entire career. Absolutely. Right? He came in as an undrafted free agent. He has been up and down, like you said. I mean, this year, though, does seem like he's fitting in a lot better. I mean, at one point, he was in a competition with Asante Samuel Jr. to be CB2. Remember that? They had yeah. a training camp, and we yeah. were like, is Michael Davis going to start the first game right. of the season? We didn't yeah. know. Because he came on really strong at the end of camp. He played he really well in the preseason, had a really good game to finish out the preseason, at least for him. And he's been pretty good, you know? And I think one of the most things I've been impressed with with him is his tackling because I, there's been some really yeah. bad tackling in the charge secondary. He's actually tied for his lowest missed tackle percentage that he's had so far in his career, and he's had some really, really bad seasons tackling. <laughs> you know, he's only missed 8.7% of his tackles this That's year. That's fantastic. You're under 10% as a DB. You're doing something really well. Oh, that yeah. is a really low number. He's only allowed 61.5% of his targets to be completed by quarterbacks. Only given up a passer rating this year of 88.2. And he's only given up an average of 30.75 yards per game over the eight games that he's it's played. Fantastic. Yeah, and and you know, one game he came in at halftime, right? And then another right. game the next week when J.C. Jackson got his starting spot back, J.C. Jackson got injured and he came in, you know, in the middle of the first half against the Seahawks in that game and ended up playing pretty well, but 30 yards a game is nothing. He's obviously playing pretty well. And in this last game, right, two pass breakups, which is awesome. Gave up three receptions. But on six targets, when you're only giving up half of the passes that are thrown your way and you're breaking up a third of the passes coming your way, those are huge numbers. Unfortunately, David, it makes things a little bit difficult because he was a guy this year that it was obvious, okay, he's likely cut for the Chargers in 2023 because the Chargers are not in a good cap space situation next year. And he's a guy... That you could have saved seven point four million dollars on. He would only have ten, he, his hit is nine point four million salary cap hit next year. You could save seven point four million by cutting him. We don't know when J.C. Jackson's even going to be back, right? So that's or if a, he is going to come back and in right. what shape he is going to come back in, or if he's ever going to be good again. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so it's just one of those things where, like, now it's going to be a much trickier conversation because he's been yeah, playing can, pretty well. Looking at it right now, can you even? conceivably cut him i mean with the the other people that are on this team and in the secondary (laughs) i don't know i don't think that you can yeah i mean i you'd like to think that you know maybe there's someone else they come in a bryce callahan of sorts right to fill in but like bryce callahan's only on a well he's only on a one-year contract too right so like you're going to be losing two of your three potentially starting corners right not including asante samuel jr next season yeah I mean, obviously, I'm re-signing Bryce Callahan as soon as the season's oh, over. Absolutely. It's been a revelation this year. He's been phenomenal. He's been great. But it's just nice to see someone like Michael Davis who got shredded, right? And, yeah. I mean, we obviously played our part in that, too. He just sure. wasn't good absolutely. for a good portion of that. Yeah. He hasn't been anywhere near as bad as the Chargers run defense has this year. <laughs> and the buy yourself today, David, is the Chargers run defense is not only worse than it was last year, but it's also one of the worst units in franchise history. Buying or selling that? I'm buying it. It's the worst, one of the worst run defenses I've ever seen in my life, regardless of who the team. Do you is. want to give the popper stat, or should I give the popper stat? No, you you go ahead and okay. do it. I, I think you can deliver it better. 
The Chargers defense is allowing 5.53 yards per carry on designed rushes this season, which means not scrambles by quarterbacks. It's not including any of that Kyler Murray stuff from last week. That is the worst average of any defense since the year 2000, according to True Media Sports. They rank 734th out of 734 teams during those 22 seasons. My God, pal. Unbelievable (laughs) futility. It is crazy. But is it really that unbelievable? Because it seems like every single game that we watch, it's... It feel, and I've said this so many times this year, seven and eight yards a pop. It just seems like it's too easy. It's a hot knife through butter. There's no resistance. They're doing whatever they want on the ground, and they do it repeatedly. Run, Part of the rush philosophy, attempt David. After rush attempt after rush attempt because they know it's going to work. But as you just said, I mean, this is kind of rooted in Brandon Staley's philosophy. The way he sees it, the way he looks at this is it takes a lot of five-yard runs to to accumulate the same yardage as a 40-yard completion. And obviously, in, in in theory, that is correct. But the Chargers don't get any stops on the ground at all, so yeah. they get that number. But what he's trying to say is, is if you look at the 24th-ranked pass defense and the 24th-ranked run defense, you're going to see a large discrepancy in yardage allowed. And that sure. is true. But the Chargers are historically bad against right. the run. And a lot of it, has to do with the perimeter they just do not have the tackling on the perimeter they don't have the guys that are sealing the edge and obviously Joey Bosa is sorely sorely missed in that aspect of it but my goodness Daniel it is horrible it is a scary movie that you just do not want to watch and the thing is, is like, you know, yesterday I talked a lot about Kenneth Murray and Kenneth Murray hasn't been good enough against the run. I mean, Drew no. Tranquil in a lot of games hasn't been good enough against the run. It's it's a, but it's not ever that simple. Like Kenneth no. Murray hasn't been good, but the entire secondary as a whole haven't been good tackling. Right. I right. think the defensive tackles have actually been a smaller part of the problem than anyone would want to let on. I mean, there's been agree. some times where they're getting pushed off the line of scrimmage a little bit, but like for the most part, they're holding their ground there and it's no one else being able to kind of rally around or the defensive tackles now not being able to get off blocks and linebackers running into blocks. There's no one big thing, right? I mean, I actually think last year's unit was worse. Yardage-wise, yards per game, they gave up a lot more yards per game. Efficiency-wise, as I just told you, right? On a yards per carry basis, they are one of the worst teams ever and the worst team since the year 2000. And just listen to these games, right? Everyone's having their best game against the Chargers, which is so frustrating. Damian Pierce. 9.4 yards per carry on 131 yards. That's easily his best game, especially efficiency-wise. James Conner, he had 120 yards. His next closest game was 69 yards. Kenneth Walker had 167. His next closest game was 109 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, career high, 107 yards at 7.1 yards per carry. James Robinson, 100 yards against the Jaguars. The next closest was 66 yards. I don't think this team is as bad as stopping the run, but the one thing this team has done is give up the explosive runs, which is something that last year they weren't giving up 50-yard runs five games in a row because nobody ever does that, first of all. Right. But guess what, Brandon Staley? I get it. I get the philosophy. Guess how many runs it takes to allow one 75-yard run? It takes one, right? So I get what you're saying about, you know, one 40-yard pass and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, if you're giving up 70-yard runs and 50-yard runs and 40-yard runs, Kind of takes away that argument a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, is if you look at the one commonality like we talked about last night on the show, David, the three drives they got off the field in a row in this last game to let the Chargers come back and win, it was a first down run for one yard, it was a first down run for negative yard, and it was a first down run for no game. Run stuff's early. 
run stuffs early. They got off the field every time. Results. So if you can't yeah. see that, if you can't see that, okay, not being able to stop the run is crushing you on every other down and crushing it's tangible. Your you see it. I just, I mean, I get why the philosophy it is. It worked when you had guys like Aaron Donald and Master Joseph Day on the same line, right? And, yeah. and you had yeah. the players that he had with the Rams. And working those light boxes, I get it. Teams are doing it effectively. The Chargers don't have the personnel to do that effectively. And it is crushing them because they're like, I just don't get how he can say that when it's like, you're still one of the worst defenses in the league. You're giving yeah. up like the third most points per game. And that's a lot more, you know, important than how many rushing yards per game or anything else is how many points are you giving up? You're still terrible, even with that philosophy. And that philosophy is destroying your defense week after week and every single team. You're a get right game for them yes. uh, as far as running the football goes. So it, it's just frustrating, you know, to watch a, a unit that they invested so much in a unit that we knew was going to be such a problem after last season to get those guys you need. There's a ton of injuries and that plays a huge factor in sure. it too. Even with the injuries, there's no excuses for the Chargers to be as bad as they've been. It, it's been pathetic as, as far as run defense goes. And it has to be, frankly, it has to be better if, if they're yeah. going to make a playoff run in 2022. But that's going to do it for today's show. The exciting thing is, is tomorrow is about you guys because we're getting back into our Chargers mailbag after, you know, Thanksgiving and all that stuff. We've been a little crazy. But tomorrow, you guys can get your questions on the show. You can hit us up on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. We'll put a post out there. You can hit us up on the YouTube comments if you guys want to go and subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channels. We can take some questions from the comments as well. Or you guys can call into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924 if you want to to get your Chargers voicemail played on the show. Keep it around 30 seconds. That's the most likely way to get it on the show. But you guys can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD, and you can find the show's page, as I said, at LockedOnLAC. You can also hit us up on Instagram at Locked On Chargers or on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. We can see all those messages there, guys. And you can also ask your questions there for the Chargers mailbag, too. Plus, David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open. But once again, thank you guys for making us your first listen. If you guys need a second listen, make sure to make that Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts from. And as always, you can find us in all those places for free every single day. But make sure you guys are back here and you get your questions in for the Chargers Mayo back tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.